Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, a writer. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two type 1 diabetics trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. Season 7 in the house. Woo! Um, While we're super stoked to kick off season seven, we wanted to take a breath and... Yes, and we felt like we couldn't begin without commenting on the state of our country right now and addressing the pain that many in our community are feeling. We want to talk about these issues further, specifically as they come up in the diabetic community. But Emily and I also realize that our voices as white women cannot and should not be the only voices you're hearing from right now. We're looking forward to having a really diverse and dynamic group of guests on the podcast as season seven continues, and we urge you to write into us, share your thoughts, feelings, and any guests that you'd like to hear from during these trying times. Drop us a line, and we look forward to making this an even more inclusive space. Thank you, and stay safe. So hit us up. I'll do my full plug later on, but we really feel strongly about that. And until we can broach that subject again, today we're keeping things all about diabetes and we are discussing um, kind of, you know, giving how we've been, how we've been in these three months. Uh, now we're, we're pretty far into sheltering in place. A lot of states mm-hmm. have begun to open up. Um Miriam is still in Brooklyn. Yep. I am in Rhode Island um, with my boyfriend's family. Shout out to the Zuzlos. Thanks for housing me. And (laughs) um, we really just realized that, like, the last episode, we really didn't discuss anything (laughs) diabetes related. We, I mean... Arguably, I would argue that a lot of my anxiety stems from diabetes, but that's something I, for me to discuss with my therapist. But oh, um, sure. yeah. he's not married, contrary like, to popular well, belief. <laughs> but I do feel like I feel like I've had I've asked you this a million times because I wonder the same. Like, which came first, the anxiety or the diabetes? I feel like they're so they're hand, hand in hand. hand. I mean, Chicken my mom will egg. tell you that I had anxiety way before I was diagnosed with diabetes, but I'm here to tell you that hmm, chicken or eggs. Yeah, changes form. Yeah, maybe I was always going to get diabetes for my anxiety. Just kidding. That's not possible. For those listening, that's not how it works. If you're not familiar with diabetes, we urge you to literally listen to any other episode where we discuss type 1 and type 2 and how they are chronic illnesses. Moving forward, um, onwards and upwards. So now we're in June, and we've been um, quarantining, if you will, for more than three months if Miriam and I both started out in New York Miriam's still there as we just Mm -hmm. mentioned um we've gotten to have a better look at our blood sugars over this time a better sense of what's going on um in terms of traveling with diabetes during Mm -hmm. a pandemic uh there's just a lot of things to discuss that are diabetes focused that we didn't get to last time yes So, I mean, to kick things off, I think that my number one observance, Mm -hmm. um, observation is the proper English term, (laughs) 
can you tell that I'm struggling? Send help. It's okay to struggle. I'll get off my soapbox. But the, the, my biggest observation has been that I have been exercising diligently at least five times a week. And I've been doing shout out to Peloton and shout out to our girl, Robin, who is a type one diabetic. She is amazing. And I could just fangirl over her for forever. If I get one more email suggesting that she comes on the show, I'm about to be like, yeah, you hit her up because I would love for her to be on the show. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening, Robin, on the very off chance, please come on. We love you. Yeah, she's um, a little too famous for us. She's very maybe. famous. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but she has been, along with the other Peloton instructors, have been getting me through, getting me toned. Um, so I do, I start off my mornings with like a 20 minute hit exercise or 20 minutes yoga or 20 minutes of some form of cardio. Cause I don't have the bike, LOL, live in a little New York apartment. Don't know where that would go. <laughs> and, um, then I go for a like 20 minute walk in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that together has really helped me learn my patterns because mm-hmm. I'm still doing the same thing where I eat a certain amount of carbs, bolus, and leave it like only five grams uncovered because I'm super insulin resistant in the morning mm-hmm. and I'm only doing 20 minutes of cardio. Um, so this is a really roundabout way of me saying that a very odd and probably not a silver lining that I'm telling myself is a silver lining of this is that my blood sugars, knock on wood, have been amazing. Like I have been within range. I even tightened my range on my my mm-hmm. uh, Dexcom app, which I'm not going to share my numbers because we get a but lot I, of questions. Yeah. But I know but that's a big deal for you because you, that, that was a very anxiety provoking to have the the high range. So yeah. bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But so like for me, this level of activity, even though I've been so sedentary, like on the whole, Mm -hmm. it's not the same. I'm not walking 20 minutes in the morning with varying pace, depending Mm -hmm. on my fellow New Yorkers, how slow they're walking, how fast they're walking around me. Um, I'm also not sitting at my desk all day. I can actually get up and take 10 minutes Mm -hmm. at two o'clock to like do a stretch or whatever. Um, And on the weekends, I'm finding, like, now that I'm actually cooped up inside, I want to get out and I want to move. Um, And I found that that's made such a big difference on my blood sugars. And it's something that I hope to continue when eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, one day we're past all this, Mm -hmm. um, all this pandemic stuff, is the importance of moving, but moving in a more controlled way. I think Mm -hmm. something that caused me to have a bigger fluctuation of blood sugars was my morning commute Mm -hmm. to work. It was only, like, a 25-minute commute, but... I'd say 15 minutes of those were of that was walking mm-hmm. and in various temperatures, which I don't know about yeah. you, Miriam, but that affects my blood oh, sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for me, this has been like really eye opening and it's been great to figure out my basils and my carb ratios and my insulin sensitivity and, you know. Honestly, in Rhode Island, it still feels like winter up here right now, even though it's June. So it's like not that much variation in terms of temperature over this period of time. But um, when I was in Florida, I was like, oh, damn, I forgot what heat was like. But um, it's just really interesting. And I'm curious to hear if you've if uh, a lack of uh, commute has affected your sugar in any way. Yeah, well, you know, I want to say another thing that's helping with time and range likely is there's significantly less confounding factors throughout your day now, right? I make like my own even lunch, like, you, You're making your yeah. own food. Um, you are moving at times that you decide you want to move, not when you're sort of forced to be moving and, and exercising. And stress is different, right? So I think, you know, 
something about being at home and kind of in your own environments, even though, yes, work might be still stressful. The world is extremely stressful right now. Like there's still stress in your life, of course, but there's less of that day-to-day minutia stress. And that's the kind of stress, at least for me, that's the kind of stress that spikes my blood sugar, especially in the mornings. Like if I woke up You know, and again, even if routine is perfect, but if I knew I had a like a stressful meeting that morning or just something I didn't not looking forward to, my blood sugar is always higher at those mornings just because like I wake up and instantly I'm thinking about what I have to do that day. So now that call it feet on the ground, it's like you wake up, your feet are on the ground, you see a spike. Exactly. And so now that you the days are very monotonous and they're very routine and you know, and that's a downside to quarantine is just this boredom and monotony. But diabetes wise, that's extremely helpful um, for keeping those blood sugars in tune. For me personally, I've had a decrease in movement. I'm exercising the same amount, but I'm not walking nearly as much because right. my job beforehand, um, one of my one of my jobs I do in home therapy, so I was walking or just moving around all day long from client to client, home to home. Obviously, I'm not doing that during the quarantine. I'm doing everything via phone or video. Um, so I was used to having more regular walking day to day to day. And so even though I'm still going for walks, I'm still exercising. It's not nearly as much. So I have to say, and I don't know what to make of this yet. My blood sugars have also been very in range, and I. I thought about, well, you know, maybe I should be increasing my basil since I'm not moving around as much as I used to, but I haven't needed to do that. So I'm assuming most of my fluctuations throughout the day are probably stress related. Um, So that's very informative for me. But what I have noticed is now when I do go for walks, my blood sugar plummets so quickly. Yep. And so I've really had to adapt for that. Like the first couple of times, I'm like, what is going on? It's like I'll literally walk down my block and I can already see a down arrow. It like boggles my mind that it happens that quickly. It's nature's way of telling you to stay indoors because you're still in New York, Mary. (laughs) Exactly. It's it's, Cuomo. Cuomo has a straight line. But it's kind of wild and it's really, I mean, it's just sort of, that's when I go back to that thought, like our bodies and our Dexcoms and CGMs in general, like, we're just a big science experiment. It's like sort of cool to see how things work and what fluctuates it. But I've fixed that rapid drop when I go for walks. I've amended that by um, kind of making sure, obviously making sure I have carbs on me. I'll do like a little snack before if I know I'm going for a longer walk. And I will kind of, you know, in the olden days, I would have set my basils a little lower. But now I have um, the Tandem Control IQ, which is more of a hybrid loop system. And so I want to get into that like more in depth because I'm so curious about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Not to cut you off, what were you about to say about? Well, I was going to say part of this loop system, it's one of the features you can do is you can turn on activity mode. Um, So when you, I'm about to exercise, or I think it's called exercise mode, I call it like activity mode, exercise mode. (laughs) Um, You can turn that on, and what that does is it just raises your target blood sugar window. So it's not overcorrecting high blood right. sugars. It kind of lets you sit a little bit higher. So oh. I'll turn that mode on 
maybe like 20 minutes before I go outside even just to sort of get myself in like an okay space. My loop does that too. And I guess I can even set that in the future and it'll do it automatically Mm -hmm. without my interference. But I always forget. Um, Yeah. But that's like a whole separate thing. My bigger issue is like I'll turn it on and then I'll come back home and I'll like forget to turn it off. So I'll be like, like which is, yeah, which is, it's never major, but I'm like, oh, darn it. Which with Loop, you can actually set a duration of time. Yeah, it's like, shout out to Katie Simone. This is like a whole other uh, other topic. (laughs) But back to pandemic blood sugars. Yes. Um, I do want to, you know, play devil's advocate for a second and say that I have heard from a lot of followers and friends that their numbers have been stubbornly high. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, I'm sure, is due to stress. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm trying to limit my news intake. Um... And I don't necessarily recommend that for everyone, but as an editor, I'm constantly looking at the news and Mm -hmm. we do cover a good chunk of news and I have to be on top of it. Um, So for me, outside of my, um, oh, oh, sorry, my Dexcom just synced. Hello, we're back. Um, (laughs) Back in action. But I, I do notice that when certain political figures are speaking, my blood sugar goes, trends upward. And it's not mm-hmm. like it shoots up. Like I've only had that happen once or twice where it's out of nowhere just shot up but because of like adrenaline. Um, but like I noticed it'll start trending upwards and I haven't mm-hmm. eaten anything in like hours and nothing full of fat or mm-hmm. protein, like just straight up stress. Like I'll go up like 30 points, but like over the mm-hmm. course of like 30 minutes. So it's like, those little things that you kind of have to look out for yeah. that might not be as obvious to attribute something to stress. But mm-hmm. I think after three months of this, it's a little easier for me now to be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, when I watch the six o'clock news briefing, but I don't eat until seven, there's really no reason for me to be trending upward mm-hmm. during this time frame. Other than that, I'm stressed and I got to take a deep breath. Um, Which so. has, this is like reminding me of, Um, I feel like I was probably in college or maybe like right out of college. And, and I knew that high blood sugar, I mean, excuse me, I knew that stress would raise my blood sugar, but I think I always felt like, okay, because it's not like food or sugar was causing this high blood sugar. It was just stress that I didn't really have to correct that, that like if I calmed (laughs) down, it would correct itself. I wish. And I remember talking to my doctor about that. It's like, well, I don't want to like give a correction and go low, like, because it's just stress high. It's not like a real high. And he's like, no, like it doesn't work like that. Like chemically speaking, it's causing a glucose reaction. But like, I would the same thing. Right? Like, don't you feel like, okay, well, it's just stress high. So it'll go down on its own. It doesn't. So like warning to all, you're supposed to correct those. Yeah. I mean, be vigilant still watch your technology but like it just slays me because I'm like I never look back like now that I'm informed of this I don't look Mm -hmm. back and I'm like oh I had a low blood sugar I must have been really calm do you mean that that's not something not a thing I must have just been really chill that day uh but yeah so that's kind of been my quarantine's blood sugar hot take and I think that it's going to be very unique to everyone's situation. I feel very lucky to be able to be sitting in a home and fully fed and not have to still go into an office and, you know, all these things that are not, it's not applicable to a lot of listeners. A lot of people do not have these privileges right now. So it's a, 
it's it's still a struggle. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. insane to have a chronic illness on top of all of the things that are going on in this world. It's something that I feel like I often put in the back of my mind because I'm like, well, I'm still, I'm fine. Like I still have my job. I still have this. Mm-hmm. I still have that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I just had, I just put on a new Dexcom right before we, we recorded this episode and I had a really bad bleeder and it took me like a few minutes. I had to take off that Dexcom. I had mm-hmm. to do all this and that. And, um, you know, those are still things that affect me. They affect all mm-hmm. of us. If you have type one or if you're a caregiver or a loved one of a type one diabetic, I mean, it's easy to see someone and think, yes, here's a healthy person because it's true. Mm-hmm. As long as we're on top of things, we are healthy. Like I knock on wood, I'm a healthy person, mm-hmm. um, which is not a brag during a pandemic. It's just a fact. <laughs> but at the same time, just because we are on top of our management doesn't mean that we don't have this invisible cloud hanging over us. And mm-hmm. I think that it's also important to remember to keep your mental health and your physical health at the forefront, even if you don't have mm-hmm. COVID-19 or you don't have the flu right now or all these different things that are going on. We still have this chronic illness and it's still something that we need to take care of. And it's it's okay to let things slide every now and then. And if you need a mental health day or you need a pity party, as Miriam loves to say, mm-hmm. um, it's still important to take those times, but also be sure to still, you know, come back and come back mm-hmm. into your management and kind of come back and, you know, you can step away for a minute, but it, the disease is still going to be there. So you got to come back to where, to where it began. Exactly. And like, especially at this time, because like we said, there's less day-to-day stresses maybe, but the world is very stressful right now. And I think it's all about giving ourselves grace and patience and understanding. You sound like a bachelor contestant. (laughs) I know. Every time I use the word grace, I always feel like icky about it, but it's a, it's a good word. It's like being graceful with ourselves and be kind to ourselves. And that's me. Someone's low. I set my parameters tighter. <laughs> but it's kind of like we have to understand that this is not an easy time. And so it's going to be harder. And you might need a couple more pity parties. And you might need to let yourself have bad days. But, yeah, let yourself have them. Instead of trying to say, like, okay, uh, you know, I everything's mostly fine, so I should be fine. Like, no, nothing is really fine right now. Let yourself not be fine. And it's okay to not be fine. Yeah, exactly. I think that now is such an important time also to really tap into different outlets and find new hobbies and do Mm -hmm. things that bring you peace or quiet your mind for a little bit in these crazy... If I get one more... Okay, so... We've never really gone in depth about what my job is. This is Emily speaking. If you're new, hello, (laughs) this is my voice. Um, But so I'm an editor, which means that I write, edit, and um, pitch and do all these things involving stories that you read online. I'm a digital editor. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, Uh, I think you were saying about what people are talking about this time like these unprecedented times. oh yeah okay hot take if i get one more email saying in these unprecedented trying times that people are trying to pitch me ideas for stories like i might i i literally don't even know how to respond because like yes i understand we're all in this really trying position and they're just trying to do their jobs too but yeah. what am i supposed to write back they already took that line do you know what i mean like i'm like yeah like, yes these are trying and difficult times i'm just like yeah, cool. I hope you're okay. Like, this is reminding me 
I have to send you this New Yorker article. It was like this satire article about this, about people just going email exchange back and forth. Like, what a trying time. Stay well. Yeah. Stay safe. And it's like you just like run out of things to say after a while. I fully start these email responses with, hi there, hope all is well or, or as well as it can be. And that's it. That's all I say about it. Because like that could be true anytime. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? We're all being so fragile and kind to each I mean, in this in this sense, in terms of, you know, these trying times. I hope that sticks around, you know? Me too. Like, fully. And I feel like now's the time to read those books to... Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been, and I hate to say this, I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't think I'll ever be a self-help book kind of gal, but I no. love reading stories with strong female leads and, you know, kind of more of like a a subtext of life lessons as mm-hmm. opposed to how to better myself like laid mm-hmm. out like that's not my mo i'm fully supportive of those who who love self-help books but i can't get through like one page i just start <laughs> laughing uh, no disrespect but like also lol so it's <laughs> it's now's the time to do these things to make changes within yourself to go out learn something new download that app I've gotten way off topic. I was, by the way, I was trying to say download that language learning app, but I just said download that app. You know, you do you. Any <laughs> download app, just whatever download app. app you want. Um, but, but also, like, it's okay if, like, just getting through the day, that in itself is an accomplishment. Yes. But, yeah, if, if as, especially as we're easing back into a real world and things are getting a little bit looser and, you know, less stressful than it was at the beginning of this quarantine, um, I hope everyone's mindset is going in that direction as well. That's what I was going to try and round out my sentence with, or my thought was that I hope we can continue and carry on these things that we've learned yeah. to cope and get through the day mm-hmm. long after this pandemic, because yes. I've learned a lot about myself and I know Miriam, you've, you know, you and your husband have been mm-hmm. on the front lines of this in terms of coping with, well, your husband's literally a doctor. So like that's neither here nor there, but like, Hey Steven, what's up? But you know, you are a licensed mental health counselor and whether or not you're in a hospital mm-hmm. talking to someone with COVID, mental health is at the forefront of everyone's minds right now because mm-hmm. every single person is being affected by a byproduct or an app, like an actual mm-hmm. COVID diagnosis at this point in time. So, you know, kudos to you guys. And But like, well, how have you been staying sane? Like, Me? how are you? Yeah, yeah, you. I... <laughs> do a lot of puzzles. Um, I read, I watch TV and I, which is, doesn't may not sound like a healthy coping school tool, but it is Judgment in terms freedom. of like being able to immerse myself in stories outside of myself. Um, and outside of my own thoughts, I go for a lot of walks when I can. Luckily my neighborhood is very quiet. It's like really emptied out. I think, I think my neighborhood has a lot of people who like escaped to the Hamptons, which I'm very jealous, obviously, but it actually makes it very pleasant in my neighborhood because it's so empty right now. Um, So I'm going outside, especially as the weather improves, and I'm talking to people. I'm I'm venting myself when I need to vent um, because I do hear a lot of heavy stuff, just kind of holding other people's feelings um, day after day. So I make sure that I have an outlet as well. I talk to my friends, you know, I just, I stay connected. The big three things you should be doing to keep yourself 
sane and engaged in life is social activities, physical activity, and pleasant activity. Whatever those three words mean to you. Something pleasant, something physical, which can literally just be walking. It doesn't need to be like crazy exercise. And social. You need to be connecting with other humans in whatever form that means right now. And you can be social and socially distant. I would just like to put that out there for those that are still in states that are bearing the brunt of COVID. It is okay to be social and socially distant. But I feel like we've already had an episode on something equivalent to that. Um, But before we go, because we're rounding out my uh, my day's worth of mm-hmm. rambling here and Miriam trying to steer me back onto topic. I want to hear about your uh, your T-Slim. Yeah. Uh, so IQ or whatever it is. I guess, yeah, because we haven't really talked. Um, I got got it in, I can't even get the month straight right, right now. I've had it since like, I think late January or mid-February, maybe mid-February is when I downloaded mid-February. it. So I got the new, so, so my tandem diabetes insulin pump, the T-Slim pump. I have the one where you can, the newer version where you can upload new data whenever, or excuse me, upload new software whenever it becomes available. So I uploaded the new software in February and the system is called Control IQ, which means it's, it adjusts your basal rates um, based on what your Dexcom is feeding it. So if it sees that your blood sugar is going up, it'll slightly increase your basal rate. If it sees that your blood sugar is going down, it'll slowly decrease your basal rate or completely shut off your basals totally um, to, to avoid lows. And it really just keeps you in a tighter range. And especially overnight, I'd say, is amazing. You can, like, set a timer. Um, so sleep. So there's regular mode, sleep mode, and exercise mode. Regular mode, I think it aims to keep you between like 110 and 150. And again, don't quote me on these because T-Slim has it on their website. I don't remember what the exact ranges are. Can you um, customize your range or no? You can't. So it's they're preset. Interesting. Um, okay. So I think it aims to keep you there. Um, but the target is 110. Um, and I think it's like target is 110 and it won't start correcting until you're over 150 or something like that. Um, in, in addition for high blood sugars, in addition to increasing your basal rate, it will also give you a com- correction bolus wow. like on its own um, if you're over a certain number. Bold and move. Yeah, that's very cool. And yeah, de- decreases when your low shuts it off. What else? Oh, and so for sleep mode, that's where I was going. So overnight has been amazing because it just keeps your blood sugar range even tighter. Um and so I've always struggled. My basal rates for night change all the time. I'm not sure why. It's like a hormonal thing. But even like I'll have my basal rates perfect for like six months. And then all of a sudden they're like wacky again. And it's always a headache because it's the most annoying. It's just like an annoying thing to tweak your basals. Um, so this has been really nice because it kind of does it <laughs> on its own. Um, and I wake up with like the most beautiful lines every morning. Not can't say every morning. There's always going to be a morning, a night here and there that's a little wacky, right. but it's been amazing. So I have to say I've been very pleased with it. I was a very anxious, honestly, before I got it because my blood sugars in my A one C were like I was very proud of them before I got this system. You didn't want to make any changes. You don't want to I, fix what wasn't broken. Yeah, like I felt like I had things covered. Um, and I can't say, honestly, I can't say that I haven't really had 
I haven't gotten blood work since I've had this, so I haven't gotten my A1Cs back. I don't know if my A1C is going to be significantly different, honestly, but it's a lot less brain power, and I think that's what this is really all about. Right. I feel like I'm thinking about it less because I trust the system to keep me in range. Um, and so that's really nice. That's There's less alarms going off or highs and lows because it's, it's just staying in range for a longer period of time. So that part's really nice. Um, so I highly suggest. I haven't talked to anyone who's uploaded their, their software on Tandem who hasn't liked it. Um, I'm sure they these people exist, but I don't know them. <laughs> well, we wouldn't care what you Yeah, so say. if you guys have also done this software, and I've, I probably got those numbers all wrong because... Because that's the point. I don't have to think about it. It just does it for me. So it's okay. Feel free to correct me, guys. Or uh, head to the Tandem website. I'm sure they have plenty of information on it. Oh, yes. We always recommend going directly to the source. (laughs) Because anything I've learned from journalism school all those years ago is go directly to the source. Um, Wow, I talked a lot about myself today. So in summation, um, (laughs) thank you guys for listening. And we hope that everyone is just putting one foot in front of the next and we're all going to get through this. So yeah, that's my, uh, that's me stepping off my soapbox until we meet again, fam. Until we meet again. Um, so I'll do my little wrap up thing. It's been a minute. Miriam, are you excited? This is Miriam's favorite I'm part. I'm excited. Maybe one day I'll even do it. Oh my nah. man. If you want to do it, do no. it. Okay. I was yes, kidding. Ma'am. Now I'm really stressed. Oh my okay, God. Go. I'm sorry. Okay. We'll prepare you. One day you can do it. It'll be like a gift, like <laughs> Mahalo. Okay. So Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to, I can't even say it now. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Pancreas Pals PP, on Instagram at Pancreas underscore Pals, and send us an email at our right email address because I 110% misspoke at the beginning of this episode. Our email address is pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. Slide into all of our DMs, shoot us an email. We want to hear from you, even if it's just to hear about your day. We are here for you, pals. We are here for you. So have a great rest of your week. Stay safe, and we'll be back in. We're doing every other week a new episode, so we'll mm-hmm. be back in two, two Sundays. Woo-hoo. All right. Bye, that's guys. the beginning or beginning of season seven. Stay tuned. Okay, bye.